This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad that you're with us this week. And I do know I open up the show every week with that comment, but I'm incredibly glad that you're with us this week. I enjoy having you guys out there. We'd love to hear from you. You could reach out to the ministry at masculinejourney.org or .org, as some people would say. You could reach out to us there. And if you have any topic suggestions, any great movies you've seen, any questions you might have to follow up on something, just let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And again, that's masculinejourney.org. Jim, you have the topic for us this week. That's like two out of three weeks. Well, it, I keep opening my mouth, and you guys seem to like it. And I think you're getting less and less picky. So we really need to go back to that. Call in if you have any show <laughs> ideas. Um, we had such a good time last week with. Uh, forget what it was i wasn't paying attention yeah, but, uh, there was there was some some good show last time but we had a blast doing it it was funny and so i just threw out there god's sense of humor and it squirrel. took squirrel there was a squirrel that you couldn't hear because well squirrels don't talk but he's, he's <laughs> close by he is the smallest one in the room though so so old. Uh, an old squirrel he's easy to catch we uh <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's here. <laughs> That's Harold we're talking about, if you guys don't know. So, Anyway, so we're talking about God's humor. So you're stating that God has a humor side to him. Yes, and in researching this topic in great depth for 15 or 20 minutes on Monday, I ran across the fact that there's nothing in the Bible about Jesus laughing. And so much of what he said really was to me funny you know that if you if you put a smile on his face the bible reads totally differently mm-hmm. and i recognized that many years ago but uh hollywood has done us a disservice in you know making god and god is serious but he also created so much including us that is funny that if we're in his image he has to have the divine and, as I like to say it, infinite sense of humor. And that has been quite often how he's spoken to me in my life. Mm-hmm. As for me as well, and we're going to get to some of that, I want to go ahead and play a clip from uh, one of those Hollywood movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> that, that portray God in, in a humorous light, though. This is from Bruce Almighty. And in this exchange, uh, Bruce has been given – God's powers. He's had them for some total of about a week, I think it says in the clip. And uh, they're overlooking a very beautiful view. And Bruce is not really sure where they are. And we kind of pick up the clip with him asking about where they are. 
Really something, isn't it? Is this heaven? No, this is Mount Everest. You should flip on the Discovery Channel from time to time. <laughs> but I guess you can't now, being dead and all. I'm dead? Nah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> That's not funny, man! That is not funny! <laughs> and what about the voices in my head? Is that part of the hilarity? No, those are prayers. And you keep ignoring them, they're going to build up on you like that. But it's just noise. I can't understand them. You're not listening, son. Let's see. You've had my powers for a little over a week now. How many people have you helped? No, I, I took care of a few things. I righted a few wrongs in my own life first, okay? I was going to help the others. I think I could help the world. The world? Mm-hmm. That wasn't the world. That was just Buffalo between 57th Street and Commonwealth. Oh. I didn't want to start you off with more than you can handle. Well, you took your job, Bruce, so I suggest you get to it. Now, Jim, you'd made the comment before the, the show started. This is your favorite uh, God character as portrayed in the movies, right? Yeah, as Morgan absolutely. Freeman. Absolutely. Uh, and I, it, before him, it was George, but that's been a long time past. But he really had that he has a sense of humor and yet he's always working towards straightening Bruce and then Evan out later and I really appreciated that in the the showing of it I also like the shack god quite a bit but we're not going to say she she was my favorite so no, that mess with people there was still some humor in that yeah there was as well and it, it, I, that's why god's chosen to to work with me a lot of the time is with humor, right? And so I think that's probably why I really uh, liked Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty so much was just you got to see the playfulness of God, you know? And, and you touched on, you know, if we're made in his image, you know, we also should have some playfulness. We should also have a sense of humor, you know, like like God does. And, and, and I think that it's fun just to kind of think about that, but... I want to go ahead and get to another short clip because um, I want to talk about what does humor actually do for us physically in the body. And this comes from, from Patch Adams. And what this is is Patch is sitting on a bed that he's having the feet come up and then the head come up and the feet come up and the head come up. And his boss, for lack of a better term, walks in and says, what are you doing? Right, because he's not supposed to be visiting patients, but he's there trying to lift their spirits. And I want you to listen to what he says about what humor physically does to the body. Yo, ride him, cowboy! Yeah! <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I surrender! I'll tell you what you want to know. Do you want to tell me what it is you think you're doing? few laughs, sir. And the American Journal of Medicine has found that laughter increases secretion of catecholamines and endorphins, which in turn increases oxygenation of the blood, relaxes the arteries, speeds up the heart, decreases blood pressure, which has a positive effect on all cardiovascular and respiratory ailments, as well as overall increasing the immune system response. (laughs) (laughs) So laughter does your body good. Literally, 
Right. I know that we talk about what we you know, we enjoy being together on Tuesday nights, and we do share where what we're going through. We share some of our struggles. We share some of that, but mostly a lot of what we share is just laughter, isn't it, Jim? Absolutely, and it is. I mean, it's a joy being here, both from a godly perspective and a earthly one. It's a lot of fun, and it is a time that's filled with God's joy. Well, would you like to kick us off on a story of God's humor with you? I'll uh, I'll start with the ancient ones, uh, and they're quick. My wife and I decided we were going to have two children, one boy, one girl, and God laughed. And he did give us the girl, and she was wonderful, and my wife was pregnant again, and two weeks, well, it was actually on, we're very close to the anniversary of that, on Valentine's Day, there was a problem with the pregnancy, and this was many years ago, so uh, there wasn't a real common ultrasound. Everybody didn't get one. You got one if there was a problem. And Carolyn went to the hospital and had her ultrasound and came out crying. And I'm sitting in my police car waiting for her. I said, oh, no, something terrible's wrong. And she came out and got in the car and said, we're going to have twins. <laughs> so we had twin boys. So God gave us what we wanted and then some. Mm. And I always found that quite humorous. And the other thing was I literally swore to God when I was 16 years old, I'd never stepped foot in another Southern Baptist church because I was mad at the hellfire and brimstone I was hearing. And some 30, 40 years later, he had me not only in a Baptist church, but in a Baptist seminary. So that was God. And that was, to me, quite funny. Yeah, God's humor um, tends to look like me eating my words. <laughs> I mean, that happens a lot more frequently. It's really changed how I phrase things. I don't use words like never. I'm never going to do that. I, I try to avoid those because I've learned those are the ones I end up usually having to uh, eat. Amen, brother. Yeah. Uh, one for me, and I've shared it on the air in the past. Um, I remember going through a time where I was really just down on myself. I was struggling um, just with some sin nature and just not liking the way I was handling some things. And and so, you know, I'm sitting in my car, it's at lunch, and I'm eating my lunch, and I'm kind of praying, kind of not praying. And, you know, I'm saying, God, you know, I just, uh, I'm sorry. You know, I just tend to always just blow it. You know, I end up where I don't want to be, right? And I know it, I need to be able to avoid getting here, those types of things. And I just hear him say the word grace, and I just said, well, God, I, I don't deserve grace. I mean, I knew. <laughs> I knew. And I go into this long dialogue. I mean, I knew where this road would end. I knew that I would end up here. I mean, I obviously made choices that I shouldn't have made to, to get here. Right? I don't deserve grace. And, then, you know, and so I thought I pleaded my case pretty well. And then there was a long pause. And he's like, isn't that how it works? <laughs> and I literally just started laughing. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Grace is by definition. <laughs> I don't deserve it, right? But it allowed me to just take the pressure off of myself and then turn to him and say, okay, what do we need to do to fix it? Right? Because I don't want to feel like this again. I don't want to be here again. How do we fix this? You know, and turn back into him. Because you know, that, that, that uh, self-righteous behavior of not deserving grace or taking grace was keeping me away from the one thing that was going to help me get healing 
right? And it sounded like, boy, definitely the right religious thing to do is just, you know, hold, you know, white knuckle and not give myself any grace. But no, God was like, no, that's not what it is here. And and again, for me, that's just the whole humor that that really makes me let down my guard, right? And and it pulls me closer to him. And again, as we talked about in the Morgan Freeman character and as he plays God, he's very good at that, making the subtle points that make you laugh but also get the point. Right. It needs to be meaningful. It I does. Keep, I keep wanting to shove this over to Robbie just because well, well, he usually a, is not quiet this long. It, well, it's, we're, it's a test. <laughs> we're going to see how long he can go without speaking. Uh, I'll give you one other story. We've got a minute going into break. And it, it reminded me, um, Jim, uh, of having kids. Right, Heidi and I had had our oldest son, Caleb, and it had been, you know, five years and some change, and we were going to have another one. And and uh, so, well, I tell you what, we're going to finish that story when we come back because I, I didn't give myself enough time, and Keith's literally holding up the thing telling me 30 seconds left. But uh, no, go to masculinejourney.org. We hope to have a boot camp announcement coming up in the next week or so. We're just waiting to confirm some things, but we're planning on the late April, early May, so kind of keep that on your calendar, masculinejourney.org. Now what do we do? Just be yourselves. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. If it feels like every day is picking a fight, then you might want to come listen to The Masculine Journey and find out why we use clips like these to illustrate the story God is telling in the lives of men today. The truth is God designed you to pick a fight, but which fights do we pick? Well, grab your gear and come on a quest every Saturday at noon. And now The Masculine Journey After Hours podcast. Masculine Journey Radio. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You can go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I'm making you listen to the whole thing because you guys gave me a hard time about my bump, so I wasn't going to cut it off. I was going to make you listen to the whole thing. What do they call those balls that reflect the light? We were, you know, Andy turned off the ball. light disco ball yeah. so we could all enjoy it more. That would be called gospel, I believe. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it's BB Winans, and I probably said the name wrong, but uh, it's a gospel ball. It's not a disco it, ball. Well, with that song, maybe, but I actually enjoyed that song. All right, next time we do a show on God's humor, you can find a laughter bump. No, I did. I did like the way it did say in the clip, and I didn't want to. I wanted to play a few moments longer. It says it, laughter is like medicine, right? We we heard that from uh, Patch Adams' clip a minute ago. But it, let it heal your broken heart, right? And I think there's some things that it, it can't heal it, but boy, it makes it feel a lot better. Right, when you can just laugh through some things. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we hit some stressful points in our life, 
we use, either go in one direction or the other. And when we can learn to laugh at them, it seems to go a lot better. How many times in your life have you said, I had to laugh or I'd cry? Yeah. I mean, that for me is very common. I'll get to the point of breaking and then just laugh about it because God's got it. Why am I so upset? Yeah, as mine gets more stressful, I tend to get more um, cynical is not really the word, but uh, humorous about it just because I don't really know what else to do with it. I realize you're not Paul Harvey, but I'm waiting on the rest of the story. Oh, yeah, I did have a story, didn't I? Yeah, okay, so before the break, we were talking about... We were talk, talking about um, my uh, wife and I, when I was married, we were gonna, we'd had a son, and then there'd been a period of time we hadn't had any more kids. This was our, we'd already had three at that point. And um, so I, I was putting some pressure on her. I said, look, okay, I'm going to be turning 40, right? If we're going to have another one, we need to have another one, right? Because I don't want to be, my dad was 49 when I came along. I don't want to be that dad, Right, you know that your uh, clock was ticking. My clock was ticking. Right, <laughs> they don't say guys have a clock, you know, and some of them don't, you know. But I definitely had a clock ticking because I grew up with an older dad. I didn't want to have yeah. my my sons grow up with, with an older dad, and so we said, okay, we're gonna go ahead and start trying to have a baby. And like, well, we definitely want to avoid Caleb's birthday. That was our whole goal. We're gonna avoid Caleb's birthday. We're gonna get it, you know, a couple months away from his birthday, just so we don't have to. To, to go there and, and uh so you know we started you know doing what you have to do to <laughs> <laughs> you said you didn't want your your kids to grope was that involved <laughs> no okay just checking okay thank you robbie i probably enunciated something incorrectly there so anyway long story short we try everything to avoid it and then all of a sudden you know heidi had kept this journal of you know everything that happened with caleb's birth you know, and she's looking along, and so it was coming up on the date when she'd found out she was pregnant, and so she did the test on the day that she'd found out before, and it said she was pregnant. And we're like, okay, coincidence, it could have been early, could have been late. Kept going all the way along. Long story short, we get towards the end of the, the, um, the, the period where she's carrying the baby, and it's time for the birth coming up here pretty soon, and so we're doing everything to get the baby to come early. We're eating spicy food, we're out on swing sets, you know, trying to use centrifugal force, anything we can to get the baby to come, right? Medically, other than breaking the water, anything to get the baby to come, not coming. So literally the day before Caleb's birthday, I'm like, look, do not do anything today. Caleb's birthday is tomorrow. We just rest. I don't, don't get off the couch. I don't care what you do, right? She goes into labor on Caleb's birthday, and the boys now share a birthday. <laughs> and, you know, which was, which the God, the, the boys love it now, but it was just like, as much as we try, I could just see God laughing, going, You really think that you can control anything in this whole exchange? You, you did very little in the whole process. You know, I mean, and, and, and now uh, you think you can control when the baby comes. And, and so that was his humor. Yeah. yeah, long story. Not not much of a payoff, but that was my story. We got it. All right. Well, Robbie, you can talk now. Uh, okay. All right. So my clip yep. is if I, I just think that what God, what you already talked about is, you know, he just laughs when we think we know what we're doing. And as we get to be adults, you know, we really begin to think that we know what we're doing and we're often taught by children. 
And so if you've ever seen the movie Pollyanna, actually this young girl teaches the whole town. And this is actually the turning point of the movie is when she is going to instruct the pastor here, the minister of the town on, you know, and if you've seen the previous part of the movie, he is one of those hellfire and brimstone pastors to the max. And he's been upsetting everybody in town. And so she just has this casual little conversation with him, totally changes everything. Would you like someone to practice your sermon? Huh? No, no, thank you, John. Uh, Mother and I used to be an audience to my father when he was practicing his sermons. He, he was a minister too, you know. Oh, yes, yes, so he was. Uh, do you like being a minister? Do I like being a... Now, why would you ask a thing like that? Oh, the way you looked just then reminded me of my father. Once I saw him sort of sad like that, and I asked him. And what did he say? Said he was glad he was, but it made him sad sometimes when he just couldn't seem to get through to his congregation. Sounds familiar. I suppose every minister of God faces the same problem. I suppose. Tell me, did your father ever solve the problem? Well, he read something one day that said helped him. In the Bible? No, just something he read someplace. He had it put on this chain. He wore it always. It's all I have of his. May I? Hmm. When you look for the bad in mankind expecting to find it, you surely will. Abraham Lincoln. He was the president. Yes. Yes, I know. But I never heard that before. Neither of my father. Anyway, he said it started him thinking. And from then on, he was going to look for the good in people. That's when we both started searching for the Bible for the texts. The text? Yes, you know. My father called them the glad passages. You know, the happy ones like, um, uh, shout for joy, or be glad in the Lord. You know, like that. There are 800 happy texts. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yes, well, there are. And you know, my father said, if God took the trouble to tell us 800 times to be glad and rejoice, he must have wanted us to do it. So, you think, I mean, how much did God enjoy, you know, that moment of this pastor who thinks he's going to straighten out the whole city, you know, gets this opportunity to get schooled by this little girl. So, talking about being schooled by a little girl, uh, my older daughter, we took fishing in Colorado years ago, and and one day, you know, after her daughter was born, my granddaughter, Lila, she said, you know, Daddy, what would mean more to me than anything else in this world was that if you would take my daughter fishing the way you took me fishing in Colorado with your dad. And the neat thing was my dad was alive. And when, so when Lila was about eight years old, we decided it was time. So I began the process of teaching Lila how to fish. And I don't recall when I taught her this particular lesson, but at some point apparently I did. So we finally get to go to Colorado and my daughter went with us and she hadn't fished in years and years and years and Lila you know was somewhat learned but she was a little impatient as little kids might be and so they were constantly getting snagged which happens in Colorado more than a lake in North Carolina and so I was having to fix the reels and Lila would this is my granddaughter she would just put the the bait in the water for you know like 
20 seconds or maybe 10 seconds and i got one i got one she'd reel it back in of course get it snagged get it looped around the wheel reel it was all it was always something like that and it went on like this for you know a, a day and a half and i was starting to get aggravated as those who know me well know happens and so um she was just probably 10 times she'd done it i got one i got one i got one and you know there it was and so finally i got miffed and said lila you have got to leave your bait in the water long enough to catch a fish and she says papa you have violated the first rule of fishing (laughs) and all of a sudden it's racing through my mind who taught how would she know the first rule of fishing? I'm the only person that ever took what in the world is the first rule of the fishing. And I was like, Lila, what's the first rule of fishing? And she said, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, oh, I see. I see. And of course, you know, I'd known that intellectually, but I don't think I'd ever experienced it in my heart like Lila taught it to me that day. And so what happened actually was I said, Lila, why don't we pray? I said, I'll pray that God gives me patience with you and that I'll have fun and I'm going to pray that you have patience fishing <laughs> let the fish have enough time to get on the on the hook and meanwhile why don't we pray that you catch some fish and so we stood there on the bank of this little waterfall right there it was the most picture scene it was beautiful we prayed she put her bait back in the water right we cast it in there a little bit and i look out of the corner of my eye and my daughter tess now has a snag and she's swinging her pole like you would when you have a snag and i'm like oh here we go again so i start walking down the bank i'm not gone five seconds i hear this i got one i got one (laughs) and i turn around and lila has a huge trout and she's she's you know i'm seeing the pole bend and i got you you little dickens and i can see the fish going all all over the stream <laughs> she catches the next forecast she catches a fish and her and her mother started catching fish and it was just like the whole adventure completely turned around all you know right there and you know god was just laughing it up i mean i've laughed about it for years it's, it's one of those lessons he taught me i'm just um i bet if we pulled the room there's eight of us in here and, and keith in the other room um how many people have actually seen Pollyanna? I think it's it's over. The over under is probably three. Okay. I don't know, but I've heard about fifty clips. On the I feel like I've seen it. I have seen it more than once. Okay, and I really don't think I ever liked it. That's <laughs> it means a lot to Robbie, and I, I do appreciate that's that. That's why I watched it. That's why I watched it, yeah. <laughs> well, we just obviously just touched on this topic. We're going to talk more about it in the After Hours program. And so if you, have, if you don't know how to get that, go to your favorite podcast location and look up Masculine Journey Radio, and you're going to find our podcast there, and you can go click on the After Hours that talks about God's humor, and boom, you found it. And so we're going to record that now to be available to you here in about now <laughs> because you're hearing this after we've recorded it so you can go get it right away masculinejourney.org and again we hope to have an upcoming boot camp announcement within the next week or so so pay attention and check out the website talk to you next week this is the truth network